on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Jess has a new social network that you can take a bite of for six seconds at least. Greg cleaned up all the changes happening in Google SERPs. Sort of. And Greg also took umbrage with Facebook's new metric and compared it to meaningless Alfred Payton stats. I never thought you'd say something like that in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Shep, rename some of 2020's hottest upcoming emojis. And Jess was stuck in the 90s for the entire episode. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on January 31st, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. First up, a little bit of housekeeping. Shep. I'm sorry. I owe you an apology. Oh, no. Really? Yes. I played around with the collections in Google search, and I don't mind it. Wow. I gave you a little bit of flack last week. Can we ask what they are? Yes. So I was searching for a recipe, I believe. I tried to save it, and I figured I might as well, instead of bookmarking it, use the collection, and it wasn't bad. My only gripe with the service is that you can't get to it easily from Chrome. So it's like... For me, a Pixel user, it's not that helpful to try to find a recipe and go hop into my Google search every time. But it does look nice. It looks a lot better. So I'll give you that. They should just call it recipe collections because that's all it's good for. But it's going to be great for it, in my opinion. Dare I ask what you were cooking? (laughs) (laughs) I was cooking some keto chicken. Mm. Keto chicken. Sounds great. (laughs) Jess's two favorite things. (laughs) True. All right. What else is new? Anything? Um, it's not anyone's birthday. No. Oh, it's not? No. Okay. Yeah, it's the 31st. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I had uh, an encounter with a classic car on the road this morning. A classic car? (laughs) A classic car. (laughs) Explain. (laughs) A uh, Chevrolet Cavalier was in front of me on the road and it was functioning. I didn't think those were still around. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. You don't know what Cavalier? It's a car from the 90s. It's classic. That's not a classic car. (laughs) They're cute, and it was every girl's dream car in high school. (laughs) Would you call Limp Biscuit's music classic music? Classic rock, absolutely. Any rock music after five years is classic rock. (laughs) I'm wearing classic clothes here, folks. Jeez. This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. A classic tool out on the internet. (laughs) Whether you work for a big brand, run your own business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. If you want to learn more, check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. And they have a seven-day trial that's only seven bucks. Head on over to Ahrefs, that's spelled A-H-R-E-F-S dot com to sign up. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. Right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J, that's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J to get started. It's better than the 30 days you get if you're not one of our listeners. Thank you to our sponsors this week, and we're about to dive into some news, but I got to go back to that that Cavalier. Did anything <laughs> happen to the car, or did you just see a slightly old car on the road? No, it was, it was, I don't know, it was pulling into the high school. I was behind it on the road. I just didn't what think What happens if still, like, you see a Pontiac? Do you just- Like a Sunfire? I would be equally shocked. I didn't think these cars lasted that long. What if a Dodge Neon cross paths? Oh, I miss those. You're naming all the dream cars I had Chrysler before LeBaron? I was able to drive. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So, okay. So, classic cars o'clock is over. Yeah. So, what do we have in the news here, Jess? <laughs> First up, there's a new video app looking to take a bite out of TikTok's market share. And that's funny because it's called Byte. B-Y-T-E. Oh, I get it. Now you can laugh. <laughs> so it's a cute name, actually. It's like bite-sized content, but also computers because it's spelled with a Y. I love it. So Byte announced itself with a lovely tweet this week. And the tweet started with Dear Friends, which I thought was nice. Today, we're bringing back six-second looping videos and a new community for people who love them. It's called Byte, and it's both familiar and new. We hope it'll resonate with people who feel something's been missing. Did you guys feel something's been missing? Are no. you happy about this? I didn't either. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they might have a hard time with that community aspect because a lot of folks on Twitter, it got nasty pretty quickly. People are already writing it off because they love TikTok. So it might be difficult. But there are folks like at Exposer Meme on Twitter who thinks that TikTok, a TikTok alternative is an order. He called TikTok a trash app filled with a bunch of annoying 14-year-old girls that do the same dances to the same songs. Um, I thought we just learned a few weeks ago from Hope that that's called the, your TikTok dance. It is. And I was thinking of Hope this whole time, and I don't think that she would like Exposer Meme very much. Yeah. Hope agrees. Okay. Never mind. So they're already teasing dollar signs too to attract influencers to the Byte platform. They followed up with another tweet that mentioned plans to launch what they call a partner program in which creators, aka influencers, will be paid for content, all in the spirit of creativity and community, of course. And I really like that spin. So I don't know. I don't get a lot of stuff on these apps, the TikTok and the Byte, but I downloaded it just to check it out and it seems fine. My big thing, though, I, I think Byte is a cute name, but if you reshare something on Byte, it's called Rebited. And I don't like that. No, that checks out. I hate the looping. Mm. It just yeah. makes everything irritating. And I have so many people in my life that love to look up YouTube compilations of old vines, and I find like 30% of them funny. Yeah, not much. It's because right? you had to be there. It's one of, you had I to was be here. There. Yeah, if you had but to be you, there, you don't put it on the internet. Vine at the time. <laughs> you're, you're going back. You weren't there. You're not part of the joke. Well, speaking of Vine... Bite, this is kind of spooky, was released on the 24th last Friday. So that's exactly seven years after Vine's launch. Oh, they totally did that on purpose. Of course they did. And it's by the founder, right, of Vine? Was one of the creators, yes. Oh, awesome. And I believe the funny thing is they had created Vine, sold it for 30 million bucks to Twitter. Twitter just closed it down. So now fire it back up. <laughs> I need another $30 million. Amazing. So did everybody get their, their bite names or no? Yes. You, you registered? I did because I, I wanted to did you log in. Did get the L or, or I did. I got Jessica L. Bud. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. We should start start a marketing <laughs> clock bite and just do all the headlines as fast as we can in six seconds. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I like it. And then everyone can rebite it. Ugh, that doesn't roll off the tongue. I'm it's sorry. It's great. No. It's not. Rebite? No. Rebite. No. Makes sense, but it's not catchy. No, it's like rebate. Rebar. Rebite. Perfect. <laughs> All right, next up, Google has a new feature in the search console, the new version of it. And there is a tool that will temporarily block URLs from showing in Google. So you'll now have two different types of removals. You can temporarily remove the URL and hide the URL from Google search results for about six months and then clear the cached copy of the page. Or you can just clear the cache of the URL and wipe out the page description snippet and the search results until it's crawled again. So if you don't like what's out there right now, you'll now have the option of saying, get rid of it for six months, or I want to wipe that clean. Let me rewrite this and hope that I get a better, a more favorable page description snippet. Additionally, you can remove a URL only or something with a certain prefix. So you can get more than just one if you're trying to block an entire section. The one thought I immediately had is this is going to be looked upon favorably for all those lazy writers out there. As soon as the calendar turns, you can go oh. and change your articles mm -hmm. from 2019, change it to 2020, boom, clear the cache URL, hit it. This is like made for you, you slacker writers you. I'm sure they're so excited. I know. You looked right at Shep when you said that. <laughs> well, he looks right at me the whole time. There's something with where I'm sitting. Because when you sat here, he looked right at you the whole time. I've noticed that, but just, he was like, you slacker. You and Shep is not, she's a great writer. She's not a slacker. It was just funny. Well, for anybody following along on YouTube, I have to, I have to position my mic so I can see my screen and I just lean. Yeah, so. it's all good. Struggles real. We know you didn't mean it. 
Okay, also in the news this week, LinkedIn announced that they are bringing their Elevate functionality to company pages. If you've never heard of Elevate, it's basically for people like me who don't have Ninja in their job title (laughs) and they don't like to post on LinkedIn. You have Wizard though, I thought. (laughs) No? Magician? My LinkedIn profile is like, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to connect with you. So this is essentially a tool for businesses to encourage their employees to be, quote, brand advocates on the platform. For admins who have the Elevate app right now, it curates relevant content based on their industry along with content they've published, and that content is then shared with the company's team members that also have the Elevate app, so they can share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. A little complicated. And it uses intelligent scheduling, so the content is shared when the networks are the most active, you know, when you're gonna get the most likes. So this well, you can now get the the celebrates on LinkedIn or the insightful. Oh, I don't know because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This new integration with pages means page admins will be able to curate content to be shared by all their listed employees on LinkedIn, not just elevate users, which I think makes a lot of sense. It's gonna mm-hmm. be even better for you to come back to LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll just be sitting there pushing stuff your way. Hey, Shep, yeah. share this. I share hate this. LinkedIn, but I should be sharing all of our blog posts and stuff. And this is just a nice reminder. I like this a lot. So Elevate is currently a paid tool. I just picture you sharing this to your, your loyal LinkedIn fans who you just the entire time like, hey, I hate this. I hate you all. I don't have any fans oh, on LinkedIn. Here's some content. Because Check my mom's not on there and oh. that's my only fan. <laughs> We're big fans of you, Shep. So as I said, this is a paid tool. But once it's added to the pages, it will be free for everyone. And this will be available for all pages by December 2020, at which point it will no longer be available as a standalone app. All right. Speaking of free for everyone, anyone who needs or publishes data, listen up. Google Dataset Search has come out of beta. And for anyone unfamiliar with what it is, I'm just going to quote the article here because it explains it very well. Google's Dataset Search enables searchers to find datasets stored across the web through keyword searches. The tool surfaces information about datasets hosted in thousands of repositories across the web. That second part is from Google. Basically, it's a way to search the web specifically for data like tables, images, maps, and more. And the cool thing about it is you can filter by the data type that you want. And you can also filter as to whether or not you just want to look at free data sets because not everything on the internet is free. Some stuff's behind a paywall. So that's a nice feature as well. So that's for people that are looking for data. But it's also a big deal if you're a publisher of a lot of data because it could help surface this content to more folks on the internet as people start to use this. So Google has added support in Search Console with a report that shows errors on dataset markup as well as URLs that have valid dataset schema. So if you've got great data on your site and want to get in front of more eyeballs, you should really get in there and check it out. Yeah, and there's a lot of information. I know Sarah on her team was talking about some mm-hmm. HR data she found while you were talking about this. I just search for podcast ratings and I found the weekly podcast consumption in the US from 2013 to 2019. Mm. So content marketers, check this out. Yep. I've got a big cleanup of some things that happened last week and kind of the week before. So last week we talked about the featured snippet apocalypse out there <laughs> where there were one of the big things we saw that could have been problematic did become problematic where anything that was a, fe- a featured snippet like variant in the right hand side would have a ve- would drop the average position for webmasters and search console. So just to recap some of the changes that have happened. Danny Sullivan over on Google on his I believe Danny Sullivan account stated that Sooner rather than later, those snippet-like variants are going to be moved into the into the center of the search engine results pages, and additionally, they will stop being deduplicated. And since he made that announcement, things have stopped being deduplicated. If you're a fe- featured snippet-like variant on the right-hand rail, does that all make sense? So now they'll yeah. be like in the middle of the page, not everything at the top, be, right? Everything will be just in the middle at the top, position one for a featured snippet. There's going to be none of the variants. So they're getting rid of the variants. Coming soon. But until that is moved over, they you will still show up in the normal results and on the right hand rail with your snippet like variant. Glenn Gabe, BFF of the show, had clarified that on over the weekend. He slid into our DMs. Yeah, he told us about it on Saturday (laughs) and, and corrected us. Well, actually, I think we were correct. He just added to the information. But again, before they counted anything on the right as 
position number 11. And so now you will get your normal position. So we said you might see a change in your search console. A change was shown. Many people saw a drop and that did come back up with the undeduplication. Is that how you say it? Or the de-de-duplication? Deduplication is underlined and everything. Like it's not okay. a real word and that's what makes all mm. this so much harder. Well, it would spend de-deduplicated so that now you're showing back up. Who's DD duplicated? Oh, it was a, a classic rocker in the 90s. <laughs> and another change that has happened is we saw favicons come to desktop. All right, peace, because they are now <laughs> gone. They are now gone. I'm the only person who misses them. Surprising. I, I thought it was colorful. I thought the ads were kind of prominent. I'm team paid. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> Your true colors are showing. Anyway, they had done that initially, adding the favicons on desktop to mimic or mirror, as they said, the design that they've had for many months on mobile. That's been reverted. In many cases, they're testing now to see what is going to be the best. I've seen it with the URL above the title of the result in black, and I've also seen the green, the standard green, show up underneath the title. So... If you had done all of your, your favicon <laughs> optimization and gone bananas on that, at least you're still mobile. Yeah. yeah. At least you're still I mobile. don't like the all black. No, I feel like I'm I like do. searching on my library's database of course in you college. Queen of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring. So all you favicon optimizers, no more, just mobile. And lastly, there was one more study on favicons with the smallest sample size. It was a one-day sample size, but Mark Traphagen over now at SEO Clarity had it up on Search Engine Journal, and you can see he saw basically no change, no impact on organic traffic if you had that featured snippet. So they said there was no noticeable or meaningful drop or shift in traffic. On the last show, we talked about the last study that I've seen, which was in uh, 2 million or so sample size from Ahrefs in 2017, but SEO Clarity has a new one. Again, very, very small sample size, but you can check it out in our show notes. And that is it for the cleanup of all of the search-related news. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Mark Irvine of WordStream at Mark Irvine 89 on Twitter. And Mark had a image in the tweet and then this tweet. And I'll explain the image first. The image says, and it's an ad, it's a Gmail ad. And the image says, Facebook register mark. <laughs> And the ad, go to Facebook, dash, create a profile now. And Mark says, this is the ad, period. The whole ad, period. As a reminder, this is what a duopoly looks like. And then Mark continues on and follows up that. And he responds to himself, which I love. I love responding to yourself. It's a little bit of a flex. I like it. Even I if like, like nobody's talking about it, you just respond to yourself. You flex it out. <laughs> Get swole. Okay. So Mark says he responds with the <laughs> Gmail ad itself. And the ad is a picture, a very generic picture of Facebook. And the title is Go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. Create a profile now. And the call to action, open. It's so really bad. Cute. I just want to add a B before the ad label and make it say bad. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. We like that. Free advice. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I? This is something that you just might not have seen out there on the web this week. Okay, people, I see why am I. There was a PPC chat this week. It all started... Oh, hashtag PPC chat. Right, <laughs> we have to keep that in. It all started with Julie F. Bikini at Neptune Moon, who asked, what is the biggest client misconception about acquisition campaigns? And there were a ton of great responses. One was from Tim Jensen, at Timothy J. Jensen on Twitter, and he retweeted a tweet from Steve Hammer that said that you can make people search. If no one knows this category and there's no keyword demand, you need to tackle it in other ways. Hashtag PPC chat. Yep. And that's at Armand Hammer on Twitter. Yes. Sorry. This is a lot of Twitter handles. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> so then Tim Jensen retweeted this and he said, 
this. Have worked with people who take the approach of, let's get search working first before we try other channels. Then it falls apart because they're not making an effort to generate demand elsewhere. Hashtag PPC chat. This makes me think of all the SaaS companies we were talking about last week. Mm -hmm. Like when you're making something that's new that nobody's ever heard of, nobody's searching for it. And we have some clients like that right now Mm -hmm. where there's just, it's a very good product, but it's a very unique product and people don't know it exists. And this is fantastic. Instead of like the take of the week last week (laughs) where somebody said just buy remarketing and your name and you're going to make millions or whatever. Yeah, if you, you you have to rethink things if people don't know your product and aren't looking for it and not everything has a keyword associated with it. So kudos at Timothy J. Jensen on Twitter. Love to see it. I could go for a kudos. You guys remember those? <laughs> what were those? Were those ice cream? They're classic snacks from the 90s. They were like granola <laughs> bars covered in chocolate. I feel like I, you just hopped right out of a time portal today. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm wearing flannel. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what music were you listening to before the show today? Nineties alternative all day. Of course, you did. first what, she resurrected Vine. It? it was um, uh, Wallflowers Radio on Spotify. Oh, you know the Wallflowers? Yeah, the, the Dylan, right? Yeah, Jacob Dylan. Yeah, Bob the Dylan's good Dylan. Son. You don't like Bob Dylan? Oh, you no, don't I like Bob Dylan. Dylan? I knew that about you. I think they were featured on a Twilight soundtrack. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> I must have missed that. <laughs> I think that's right. Is it the one where they twinkle when they hit the sun? Yep, you okay. got it. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work or just kicking back and listening to that 90s station. (laughs) Whether you work in an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. Shep, how do you use Optio? So I really like the cost per conversion report, which you can find in the performance tab in Optio. And it breaks down your CPA based on the type of conversion. And as we all know, not all conversions are created equal. So I've never heard that I before. Know. <laughs> I, you know, I just made it up. So I think this is a really awesome tool. So if you're trying to uncover leads, you may be tracking conversions for RFQs, email signups, or general form submissions, and they're all worth different things to your business. And this report shows you the breakdown of all those CPAs at a glance and how they change over time. And this is information that you could dig for in Google Ads, but it doesn't show you it at a glance like this. So again, love to see it. Absolutely. Retweet. Love that. And uh, <laughs> rebitten. Rebitten. <laughs> all right. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. And here is what is happening in the paid universe this week. Google announced that they will be making changes to Google app campaigns, formerly known as universal app campaigns. Do you guys know when they made that change? Because I missed it. Not sure specifically. Yeah. I thought they were still called universal app campaigns. So I learned one thing from this article already. Essentially, app installs that were driven by search traffic on Apple devices can no longer be reported by some third parties. I say some because a Google spokesperson responded to this article and said, app advertisers can choose from seven certified app attribution partners that are able to measure attribution for app campaigns. That's a lot of A's. Yeah. The attribution data for search traffic will be available in the Google Ads platform still, and this change will not affect reporting for search tra- search traffic for Android devices. And third-party verification of app d- downloads driven by in-app inventory from sources such as the Display Network and YouTube will st- still be available. So don't worry about that. This was a really complicated article. I just wouldn't recommend reading it. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it took me like an hour to understand. There were four paragraphs just talking about that a change was happening without saying what the change was. And then there were all these sources complaining about it, that they were so worried, but none of the sources would identify themselves. And it made it really confusing. And I'm just like, just pull a Greg Finn and like at, you know, Google ads. Yeah. Just complain. It, it, be it'll be really effective. Google small biz troll. <laughs> like I am. One, one thing though, a silver lining, the entire time you're talking about this, all I could think of is there should be a company that can help people with this. And I got the name of the company. 
What? It's about app attribution. And it should be app attribution, Inc. It's got to be wow. Google spurt- certified, though, or they won't How be. How could a- you not be with that name? That'll be the eighth one. <laughs> yeah, look out for that. And next, we can't quite confirm that this is a new feature, but we weren't aware of it before, so we're going to share it anyway. Just Bud got an email from Facebook ads this week, and this is what it said. Introducing the ad status page. We know that having timely communication is important, especially when it comes to platform adages that affect your ability to manage campaigns on Ad Manager. To help, we introduce the ad status page to keep you informed about any disruption to our services and surface alerts whenever your ability to create, launch, and or manage campaigns may be limited. You know what I want to do to this? <laughs> I want to get. I want to put versionista on this page and just watch yeah. it blow up. I said, or I want to reply and say, just fix your platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to fix the page too because I clicked the button to check this out, and all the images were broken, and it said that everything was fine. Well, I mean, the images were broken on the page, but then it said that all of my ads were fine. So I don't know if I trust it, but there it was. It's really annoying. <laughs> just fix your platform. <laughs> And finally, in paid, following suit with search and shopping campaigns, Google Ads will make standard delivery the standard delivery method, meaning there will not be any more accelerated delivery for any campaign. See what you did there. Yeah. So for display, video, and app and hotel campaigns, that's being added to search and shopping, which already it was the mandatory delivery method. So if you're not familiar, standard delivery attempts to deliver your ads evenly throughout the day, conserves some budget in the morning to be spent later. And if you had accelerated delivery turned on, Google wouldn't try to conserve that budget and they would just show your ads whenever they are eligible. So starting in April, standard delivery will be the only option for new campaigns and starting in May, campaigns that are currently using accelerated delivery will be automatically switched. So be ready for that. What's happening in organic? This week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic, find out the exact keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. If you're not getting significant search traffic, Ahrefs tools also help to find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes, engage traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, great! Use features (laughs) like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic and figure out how you can replicate the success. Jess? How do you use Ahrefs? So this week I was using the competing pages report to do some keyword research for a client. I popped in the URL for one of their service pages and it pulled up a list of specific pages on other websites that rank in the top results for the same keywords as our page, our client's page. But not only could I see the shared keywords, I also found terms that were unique to my competitors' pages that our site is not ranking for. So if you listen last week, it functions a lot like the competing domains report that Shep talked about. But the competing pages report is really great if you want to drill down into specific products and services rather than your brand or site as a whole. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com. That's A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up. All right, what's happening in organic this week, Greg? Everybody, this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> there are 117 new emojis that have made the final list for 2020. And to celebrate, we're going to have a draft. If you want to see all the emojis that are out there, and this is the final list that have made the cut for release later this year, head on over to marketingclock.com or Search Engine Journal. But we're going to pick a team of our best four emojis. Who wants to start? Me. Okay, what do you have first? <laughs> 70s hippie bride. Female. 70s hippie bride. Female. Whoa, I didn't even see that one. I didn't see that either. That's the best one. Is it called Is 70s it? No, hippie? No, it's called, I'm sorry, I think it's called Women with Veil oh, or something. Oh, okay, okay. I got to pull up this list now so I can Women follow with, along if you're going to make things Women with tuxedo? Up. Is that what you got? <laughs> Women Search with Veil, veil right? Or person? person with Veil. Person. Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, the, the, you, you're going to lose. There's not even a real one. Excuse? <laughs> she's, a, she's a hippie bride. I don't need, which one is she even talking she's about? She's talking about that one that you're Look at that at. collar. She's a pilgrim, not a hippie. No. I don't know why you're worried about no, her collar. Look at her face. It's not, it's a, it, this is um, also non-binary too. Yeah. 
These people no, are creepy person. looking. Okay, but there's that one has a mustache. The, the, these are all non non binary. The mustache. So one you just got man. canceled on your first pick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you you got a person with a veil and you've been canceled. <laughs> okay, so my my first pick <laughs> is the knot. Where's that? Just just search for I know you cannot find. Oh, it. I found it. <laughs> the knot is phenomenal. It's a joke. Whenever I say something and I don't mean it, I can just hit people with a knot <gasps> emoji. Wow. I'm playing. I'm like I said on a recent podcast. I'm chess on a checkerboard here. What do you got, bud? Um, do you know? Wait, do you know what kind of knot that is? Does anyone? I don't know. Okay, you do not know. Um, <laughs> Get out of town. My first pick, which I can't believe neither of you chose, is smile with tear. Oh, uh, that, not on my list. It's Didn't the make first. My it's one. the first I went one. right past it. Yeah, yeah, it's applicable to our lives all the time. Okay, so you've got some, remember your picks, please. Also, mm-hmm. so you have okay. smile with tear, and then what's your tear. second pick, Jess? Oh, are we doing a snake or whatever? Uh, black cat. Black. I, I knew you did. You picked yeah. black cat. I didn't okay. want to be predictable and do that first. Okay, <laughs> next uh, for my next pick, I am going to pick the mouse trap. <laughs> I feel like the mouse trap can do so much. Instead of saying it's a trap, you just have a mouse trap. When somebody <laughs> says something, you should be like, I don't know if I'm going to respond to. I could just shoot somebody the mouse trap emoji in Slack, and we don't understand. Many purposes for this. <laughs> and my kids like that game. Although it's so hard to set up. Oh, it takes more time to set up than Pregnant play. walrus. <laughs> Pregnant walrus? You're just making these emojis up now. Are you talking about the seal? It looks so <laughs> weird. It's a baby seal. <laughs> Nobody puts their hands on their belly like that. Unless, unless you're, you're pregnant. Markle, yeah. And you're very pregnant. Or you're this baby. I think it just got canceled again. Okay, so what's your next one? Um, okay, I gotta take the pinata. It's a good one. Mm. Okay, y- you don't have an alternate name for that. <laughs> All right, I haven't got one single one that I wanted off the board yet. So my next one is the is the anatomical heart. Okay, that's oh, what it's technically called. Oh, it just looks like the actual heart. I missed the yurt. But it's you have one more left, so. And but, it's called hut. But instead of saying like a heart, like you like something, it's funnier because you show like a human heart. It's yeah. funny. <clears throat> Are you going to use it to heart things? That's your? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I mean, you could probably guess this. I'm going with headstone next, which I actually recently made a headstone right, emoji planters. in Slack. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> but I recently made a headstone or a grave, I think we called it emoji in Slack because we needed one, but I guess I didn't have to do that. So okay, headstone. one? Oh, um, plunger. I had plunger on my list. Oh, you want it? No. Because I'll just go man-feeding no, baby. No, I'm okay. Not. It was number 10 on my list. Oh, all right. I want it then. <laughs> plunger. Plunger is mine. Because okay. you never know when you're going to need it. <clears throat> and so my last one is is a surprise. It's out of left field. The cockroach. Why? The cockroach is great. It can mean anything. You've got these people <laughs> that just always stick around. Some things like never die. The mm. cockroach. You can just send so much in one little emoji with the cockroach emoji. Okay, I'm taking the yurt. Hut. <laughs> it's I called wish, hut according to I this list. I wish I could vote to get rid of one, and it would be intimate hug. There's an yeah, intimate it, hug? It's weird. It's weird. It's I like, thought you were going to take the roller skate. This is, who even I are you? I thought so, too. That was the are. first thing I thought when I saw okay, that. Okay, so, Shep, what, what, are your, what are your picks? I had 70s bride, gender non-binary, pinata, yurt, and... Um, <laughs> What's the other one? Pregnant walrus. <laughs> Pregnant walrus. It's a seal. <laughs> All right, so I had a knot, a mousetrap, the human heart, an actual looking heart, and a cockroach. I had smile with tear, black cat, headstone, and plunger. There's nothing more like you than that list of, of emojis you just picked, Jess. Thank you. You don't want to say that about me. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I mean, you're speaking a different language to me over here. And nobody picked buffalo here, and we're based on it's buffalo. too obvious. It's so muscly, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, check it out if you want, and <laughs> you can all listen or let us know who won the draft, and everybody can vote for me because I won. Thanks. Next up, there is a guest article on Voicebot.ai, and the name of the article is "Why It Matters That Google and Spotify Have Joined the Personalized Audio Content Revolution." It's kind of a sales pitch. But there is some good information in here. And one thing that I thought was very interesting was that in 2014, people listened to 80% of the time of their listening went to music, aka jazz, and then 20% went to spoken word audio, probably more like Shep. 
That's Because you're just like murder mystery all day. Mm-hmm. But that changed. That dropped 4%. In 2019, 76% of people are now listening to music and 24% are spoken word audio. And it talks about how Google and Spotify are racing to try to have, well, I guess they're doing different things. Google has the assistant and it's mixing in news and trying to figure out article length along with messages where Spotify is trying to get people to listen longer and to find more stuff that relates to them. But I thought the discovery was cool and that, again, we're trending towards more people listening to spoken word audio. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, DuckDuckGo is adding quick answers to the search results. And Matt Southern covers where those answers are coming from. And it's really pretty simple. It's, It's WikiHow. So DuckDuckGo is pulling in answerable answers to their results, and it has to come from WikiHow. So if you're trying to optimize your, they're sort of like feature snippets, but they're how-to. So I, it, it's not really a feature snippet. But if you want to optimize your DuckDuckGo how-to snippety things, <laughs> just become an author over on WikiHow. That's how. Next up, Botify has a partnership with Microsoft that brings real-time content indexing to Bing. Botify is an enterprise SEO platform, and last week they had announced a partnership that will use the Bing Content Submission API Pilot. They're offering they call the Fast Index, and it will feed Bing new content and be allowed to exceed the 10,000 URL limit that is currently set for the API. So if you are a website that is more than 10,000 pages, this might be for you. It is a paid platform. I think it last time I knew it ranged between 10 and 20 grand, maybe a year. You have to contact them for the actual pricing. But customers include Macy's, Expedia, Condé Nast, eBay, Monster, and others. So if you have a big indexing problem and need this, it's for you. There was no no comment on podcasts ranging in the hundreds of episodes. We probably don't fit into that. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Next up, Google is trying to unify its workplace tools and messaging apps into one service. Google currently is trying to bundle all the various iterations of Hangouts into something more usable and less confusing. So it was once a customer-facing platform, but Hangouts now is geared towards enterprise customers. And it has been split into Hangouts Meet, which is a video chat app. We use Hangouts Meet. Then there's also Hangouts Chat, which had replaced Gchat. So they're trying to make it more usable. And they need to. It's it's too much. And they were going to get rid of it. They delayed it. And then they're trying to do whatever. So I've got a great idea to fix this. Okay. Put it all in the search. <coughs> That's what they're everything. Hey, you want to go see a movie? Oh, I'm going to go respond and search. You like that, Shep. Oh, you want to go see uh, my collections of recipes? Put it in the search. So people respond to the chat in search? Yeah, just put Why everything not? in search. Yeah. You like it, Shep. Then you can search for the chat. Show. No, I like it in my Facebook groups. So we should put chat in your Facebook group. This is all. Chep, you are are really something today. Insert pregnant walrus emoji. Next up, BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, has a controversy alert on Twitter. He should have put those little sirens next to it. Yeah. And via John Mueller, at John Mew on Twitter, Glenn said, for links and PDFs, Google generally views the links as no followed. So G won't forward signals from links in PDFs. This after G's blog post blocks Gary saying the new pass page rank. Better repurpose those PDFs to HTML soon. That was a lot there to say out loud. I read it and it seemed like I could read that out loud, but sorry, Glenn, that didn't really translate to voice. <laughs> what John was saying, John from Google was saying contradicted what Gary from Google was saying. And it was just a, a what's right off and something that really doesn't matter off. So (laughs) if I was funny, John replied and said, I think Gary might still be right. I mean, he's usually right. John gave it LOL. And then John basically summed everything up saying, focus on the usability, but don't assume they're more than that. It's easy and fun to spend time on things that don't matter. And I'm sure someone will dig up two cases that matter now. But if you are out there, major party strategies, optimizing for PDFs, go home, get lost. (laughs) And lastly, lazy loading is coming to WordPress 5.4. Yay, there's some in the show notes you can see what the implementation is going to look like, which is great. 
I never understood lazy loading. It should be like active loading. It's, I mean, lazy like loading is alliteration. It, well, I, I guess it technically makes sense because you don't load it till you need it. But I feel like it just, it sound, lazy sounds bad when you're explaining it to people. It, it's something that's going to make your site faster. Didn't you call me lazy like five minutes ago? I don't think I called you lazy. You didn't call you lazy. It just looked like you did for our viewers, <laughs> not our listeners. <laughs> Shep, I would never call you lazy. You're the least lazy person I know. Jess, what's going on in social? <laughs> uh, something that you'll like first here. Pinterest launches virtual makeup try-on feature starting with lipstick. Glamour. I know. <laughs> I just say that you'll like it, Greg, because you've said you want this with like shirts and things. I'm not saying that you have any particular feelings about lipstick. No, I want to see what it would look like if I had facial hair because I can't grow it. You could drop facial Neither hair on can lipstick, the emojis. maybe. Oh, you're right. No, no beard. There's a mustache on there. But none of them have beards. They're all mustaches. Oh, true. You could totally mustache. I could I could stash. Yeah. I've got that? a picture. We'll put it in the show notes of me with the stash. Yes. Hair slicked back. It's a great look. It's very good. That's when we met. That's how you looked. Oh, boy. <laughs> Many years ago. Why did you even take this job? <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. Anyway, uh, back to Pinterest. So if you search for lipstick on the app, you'll get the usual results, but they've now added a try it option that lets you explore different shades from specific brands and retailers currently on your own face. And if you like what you can see, you can swipe up and purchase said lipstick, which is a nice feature. But if it goes for others the way it went for me, I don't know how much they're going to sell. I searched for black lipstick, of course, to be on brand. And the try it option came up. So I clicked it. And when it tried to access my camera, the app crashed. So I thought, mm, Pinterest is trying to tell me something. But I'm going to try it one more time. So I did. And the results were horrid. I'm just, it's the selfie cam, which is a bad angle. And Pinterest did say that they're not going to edit your face at all. It's the real you, which is good. But I'm no Kat Dennings. I don't belong in lipstick. So good luck with this. I hope they sell a lot, but no. Next, it is getting easier to share story mentions on Instagram, which is very exciting. The platform has added a new feature in create mode that aggregates all of an account's mentions in other users' stories, only if they're public stories. But it makes it so you can easily see who's posting about you and reshare it in your own story without going into your DMs, which is how you have to do it now. So this is cool among friends, obviously, but it's super helpful for brands because it kind of streamlines the process. If you want to see who's talking about you and maybe reshare something, you can look at everything at once and then share it. And (laughs) I'm not popular enough. Nobody's mentioned me in their stories, so I didn't see this. You will only see it in create mode if there is a story active with a mention for you. So look for that little at symbol. Hopefully you're popular and you have the ability to share a story. So even though we were all excited about Byte earlier in the show, don't be moving all of your eggs into the Byte basket just yet, especially if you're a music fan. TikTok has signed a licensing deal that will bring music from hundreds of thousands of artists to the app for legal use within the platform. And the deal that they signed was with Merlin. They represent a ton of independent artists. And TikTok said that the breadth and diversity of the catalog presents our users with an even larger canvas from which to create. I bet Merlin is excited about the new magic wand emoji. (laughs) Yeah, nobody picked that. I'm actually surprised. That's a good emoji. How could you pick it when there's a pregnant walrus? It's a seal. (laughs) So this deal, Merlin uh, and TikTok, it covers not only the use of the songs in user videos, but also sponsored content, which is why we're talking about it here on our marketing podcast. So it's good news for us marketers. Maybe not good news for our friend at Exposer Meme, though, because it just means more dancing from children. (laughs) On to something not musical at all. You may remember from last May in episode 70, we talked about Facebook's off Facebook activity tool. We all remember that? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So it's been slowly rolling out. It's now available globally to everyone. Yay. Back to music and everyone's favorite newly dubbed social network, Spotify. We talked last week about how Spotify stories are coming to an influencer near you, but not artists. So Spotify was obviously listening to our show. They just announced a new feature for artists so that they can promote themselves. It's not via stories, but I'll take it. Canvas videos. Do you guys, have you ever seen those on Spotify? Taylor loves them. She does? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Greg, do you know what they are? No, no idea. <laughs> You're not up on what Taylor's into? No, I'm the spoken word. I'm in that 24%. Oh, fair enough. Well, these Canvas videos, they've been around for a while. Instead of the album art, it'll play like a fun video behind the track when you're playing it. Anyway, so that's been around for a while, but now artists from their own profile can very easily share those canvases to Instagram into their stories. So that's 
lovely. Um, the only thing that they didn't really talk about in the article, and I don't think it's going to be a thing, is that when users share what they're listening to, it's to their stories, it's not going to bring the canvas over. I think this was specifically for artists. But Spotify said they want to use it for driving more engagement and bringing people back to the platform. And I feel like if I'm sharing music and the canvas popped up, that would help a lot more than if it's just in an artist story. So they should think about that. Agreed. Sure. Whatever. What's <laughs> next? Okay. Oh, guys, guess who had a baby? The walrus. <laughs> no, he's still pregnant. Oh. Um, actually, I know a couple babies that were born this week. It's not a human baby that no. I'm talking about here. <laughs> TikTok and Pinterest. <laughs> and they named it Tangy. And it's not actually from Pinterest or TikTok. It just looks like it. It's from Google's Think Tank Area 120. So it's a short form video app. And before you scoff at that, this one is actually offering something different. And the founder, Coco Mao, put it this way. The platform's goal is to help people learn to craft, cook, and create with quick one-minute videos. We designed Tangy to make it easier for users to find a lot of high-quality how-to videos. So I think it's a nice concept, but I don't really like the name because it just sounds like it's food-based and there's crafty stuff on there. So for now, if you want to check it out, it's free to download and it's ad-free. We'll be sure to let you know when that changes, though, because we are, for the most part, hashtag team paid. Next up here from Social Media Today, Snapchat publishes new data on brand expectations among Gen Z consumers. The key takeaway, which I didn't find to be too surprising, was that Gen Z just wants you to give a heck about them. Aww. <laughs> exactly. Very sweet. The Among the top responses to what they're looking for in a brand that they'll spend money on was, quote, brands that make people happier, which again, aww. <laughs> you know what makes you happier? Getting off of TikTok. It makes you happier, Gen Z. This is Snap. You've never been on Snap. Snap. Everything. Get off of it all. <laughs> Get off. <laughs> take, the, take the earbuds off and go climb a mountain. Well, I agree with that. Uh, but 82% also said that they're more likely to support a company that makes changes based on customer feedback. So I'm, I'm wanting to know more about this rogue 18% that's like, nah, I don't care if you care about me. I'll spend money on you. Hey, that's like us. We turned our volume up. But we're not Gen Z. Oh. Well, yeah, nobody. Oh, I see what you're saying. We care about yes. our users. Yes, we adjusted our volume and I hope it's to people's liking. Anyway, if you're a brand that cares about Gen Z or thinks you should, check out the show notes for the full article. Lots of good stuff in there. And lastly, here in social, some more stats for you stat lovers. This comes by way of at Josh Constein on Twitter. Facebook has a new stat that it's calling family average revenue per person or ARPP, not FARPP, much to the chagrin of the entire internet. So according to an article from TechCrunch, which Josh shared in his tweet, this stat is essentially the company's total revenue divided by total users on Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So it's not the revenue of families, it's revenue from Facebook's family of apps. So this rose from $6.52 per person in Q4 of 2018 to $7.38 in Q4 of 2019. And not surprisingly, the majority of that revenue comes from advertising. So it's fun. People wanted to talk about well, this. I need to say something before you get into all the jokes. This yeah. is one of those things. <laughs> Facebook is doing this to make their numbers look better and find some way mm. to, to skew the data to show that Facebook is where you should be putting your money because, oh, look, the average or whatever revenue per person is more here on Facebook. It reminds me so much of sports where you see some, <laughs> some random stat and you're like, oh, Alfred Payton was the first person ever to record 13 assists and have five steals with a under 0.07 turnover ratio. It's like, you just made this up. People are leaving Facebook. You're making this up. And this is what you're going to report on. You can't do that. But they did. They did. Well, I mean, you can do that. They did. And they did but say- But I don't like that. Can yeah. I not like it or do I have to like it? Yeah. No, you don't okay, have good. to like it. I don't it. like it. Yeah. Because also, I mean, again, they're talking about their family of apps, but they did say that I think later this year, they're going to stop giving any stats for Facebook only and it's all going to be reported like this as a family. I wonder why. Hmm. So yeah, maybe to your point. But again, the internet really just wanted to laugh at it. They're not as as- agitated about it as you are a couple folks were they wanted to talk about it well, i don't really care it's just Twitter. disingenuous yeah like when you say these things like just say we're trying to make the numbers look better yeah but then people wouldn't be able to get fired up like you oh, okay. <laughs> anyway most people just want to play with the acronym so i got the last reply i think that i saw in there was at social underscore alley and she said let's just acknowledge that they definitely should have called this family average revenue total hashtag i'll wait f-a-r-t 
And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? Okay, so I, like everyone, um, experienced the terror when um, Google Drive went down this week. And I just found it so annoying that they couldn't say anything about it on Twitter or like, I don't know, could they have given me a notification when it came back on? I have the notifications turned on. Just some communication here. Did you check the Facebook ad status page? <laughs> I didn't get <laughs> maybe there. See, maybe you could have found something on there. No, I didn't. But, you know, everyone else on Twitter is talking about it. Why can't they talk about it on their Google Drive Twitter? You don't know the pains of when Twitter goes down because there's no way to find anything <laughs> out. It's just <laughs> everything is gone. <laughs> That's so, when you go climb a mountain like you're telling exactly. Gen Z. Um, I also have a fun thing, you know, Greg, you know how much I love my keyboard shortcuts and I discovered <laughs> one this week. Did you know that control T, control shift T, um, reopens your last closed tab? I did not know that. It's, I, I do that, that all the time. I accidentally close a tab and it's great. Oh, it's the resurrect feature. Yeah, basically. Nice. Back from the debt. What's going on with you, Jess? Well, Regular listeners probably know that my dear husband runs a small business. So this is from my personal life, but it's marketing related. We're moving locations and we had to temporarily close down during the move. So we put a notice on our website to let people know. But as y'all know, that's not the only place that folks get information on the internet. So hopefully people know about this. But just in case you didn't, Google My Business as well as Yelp for Business have a special hours feature that lets you mark your business as closed or with alternative hours on specific dates, which is really nice, especially in this case, or if you're going on vacation or if there's an event or whatever, and you need to adjust things. My complaint though, is you have to do it for each specific date. It'd be nice if you could do a range. And my other complaint is that Bing Places only does this for specific holidays. You can't enter new dates. So Bing, catch up. And then Facebook doesn't offer anything like this. So I'm complaining there. Well, if you well. want to go to Search Console and remove it completely for six months. My whole website? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this week I was running through a couple pay for conversion campaigns, something just that you and I are working on. Mm -hmm. We saw a huge spike in conversions. We had a very low conversion cost and it was a high friction conversion where information had to be submitted. So again, there's, it's not just like a time on page conversion, let's say. And we saw a huge spike. We went and did some investigation on this. We saw that a lot of these pages and sites weren't necessarily didn't look to the eye to be great mm -hmm. so we immediately ran through and we blocked all of those pages the entire urls and then we talked to the customer specifically you know within this within 24 hour period again we're five dollar conversions not not crazy here and it was um, not even too much just like 2x the normal spend the conversions seemed like they were fine everything seemed like it checked out but we got rid of those sites anyway they're more like gaming sites and mm -hmm. things uh, so if you are running pay-for-conversion campaigns, do yourself a favor, look at the URLs that your ads are showing and where those conversions are coming from and treat it like you're negating keywords as well. So check that out in your pay-for-conversion campaigns. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes to us from Joseph Cox and Vice, and according to an investigation by Motherboard and PC Mag, a vast and antivirus program used by hundreds of millions of people is selling highly sensitive web browsing data. And this basically turned into actual digital marketing news later in the day because we record a day earlier. So on Thursday, this became actual real news. Mm -hmm. Everyone's talking about it. So the report says that Avast has been collecting browsing data from customers who install the company's browser plugin. And then Avast's subsidiary company, JumpShot, repackages it into various products that they sell to many of the largest companies in the world. And some of them are Google, Yelp, Microsoft, McKinsey, Pepsi, not Coke, Home Depot, <laughs> Condé Nast, Intuit, and many others. Sounds pretty spooky. So this information doesn't include personal data such as names, but it can report Google searches, locations, and GPS coordinates searched on Google Maps, LinkedIn company pages visited, specific YouTube videos watched, and activity on not safe for work websites. Mm. Really detailed activity. Gets into it in the article. 
So Jumpshot claims to be the, quote, the only company that unlocks walled garden data and seeks to, quote, provide marketers with deeper visibility into the entire online customer journey. And there is an update as of Thursday after this article was published, Avast announced that they will stop Jumpshot data collection and wind down their operations with immediate effect. So, but it sounds really spooky. <laughs> wind it down doesn't sound immediate. Sorry. No, especially when you're valued at $180 million and your contracts were $2 million bucks. So there's like shutting it down. That's crazy. Uh, another thing I thought was spectacular, just a, a very creative use of this data. And to Avas credit, you look at what they say you're, you're giving them by using this free plugin. You're, it's pretty clear what you're giving up. They may they spell everything out, and that it's, so. The example I was talking about was the magazine, and just network of of basically content from Condé Nast, where they used Jumpshot's products to see whether the media company's advertisements resulted in more purchases on Amazon and elsewhere. According to the article, Condé Nast didn't respond, but <laughs> it's to me it's one of those things where nothing is free. Mm-hmm. You're getting this vast browser read the, the terms and conditions when you download something. And Avast didn't really do anything wrong. Everybody signed the box for this. And Jumpshot was clear about everything. Jumpshot said on the on their site, they said they collect every search, every click, every buy, and every site. They're not, yeah, they're not trying to say there's someone they're not. No. And so then I just, I just thought it's weird like that they, they just shut, shut it down. <laughs> Like, all right, shut it down. And it's pretty funny that they're like antivirus, you know, you think security and then yes. they're selling all your crap. It just seems icky. Yeah, I don't like it. Kind of reminds me of a, a certain South Park episode. <laughs> oh, which one? The human sentai pad? <laughs> Must have missed it. <laughs> it's about consenting to services and reading the terms and conditions and all sorts of hilarity and soon. So many assumes. lessons there. I know. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. And now time for this week's Petri Dish, where we have a bunch of different ideas just festering around in a puddle, (laughs) and we bring them to light. And our first segment is, where's our credit? Mm. Segment, where's our credit, Mr. Peanut? We hated it first. Who thought that death would be funny? Nobody. Planters. And now good luck with the Super Bowl commercial. You've got the funeral commercial coming in. Is that what it was? Yeah. And they said they were not going to change it. It's it's Everybody thinks it's a funeral commercial commercial in the Super Bowl. I, I am a little disappointed. I hope we figure out like what the plan was. Was he going to be resurrected? But didn't they say that Someone, they weren't going to alter their Super Bowl plans? They Yeah, but they stopped tweeting all the yes. fun around Mr. Peanut dying. Mm. It's not fun. No, no it's Everyone not. Everyone loves terrible Mr. Idea. Peanut. I don't, but it's, it's still, I don't want him dead. Okay, so <laughs> give us our credit. Next up, get rid of it. We've got a new feature here in get rid of it. And this is news, K-N-E-W-Z. It's a new news source where you can see everything, and I mean everything on this page. Did you look at news.com, K-N-E-W-Z.com? I hate the name. It's really nice looking. It looks like Drudge Report took Molly and created a page. (laughs) There's a section for Shep here. It says crime scene. It's got tape on it. It is just a, a vomit of information. And it's news. Yeah, I don't know where to look. Yeah, there's there's nowhere to look. And the former draconic proofreader George Wynn had a funny tweet from Search Engine Land. He said they should have spent some of the naming budget on UX. And they should have. It, uh, how, nobody's going to use this. All right, next up, the last thing in our Petri dish is probably going to be canceled. <laughs> but it's called bad, bad for Business. So here's a Bad for Business segment. This comes from BuzzFeed News. The name of the article is Facebook won't remove this woman's butthole as a business page. This is such a this sad story. <laughs> and from the article, this unofficial page was created because people on Facebook have shown interest in this place or business. It's not affiliated or endorsed by anyone associated with Sam Samantha Ray Anna last name's butthole. And this is a real story and something you should tell you <laughs> tell people about your company. I guess in general, don't have people making silly things up. She had a real problem trying to get this taken care Did of. Did she make it? I thought it was like cyberbullying. She went on Reddit and it sounded like she had made it as a gag or somebody made it for her. It didn't sound like somebody made it like it was a malicious thing, like she was being harassed. 
if she was harassed, that was terrible. Hopefully that's not the case. Either way, this poor girl, we didn't say her full name here. So, and then the other thing is, she is asking for help on Reddit. People found this, and now anytime anybody looks for a name, it's not going to be, it's still, it's going to live on forever <laughs> with all the articles people wrote about it. So anyway, she had to go on to Reddit. It got like 25,000 upvotes, and all these people are trying to help her. She was like really strung out about how bad this was. Like your name is there, and it's talking about your butthole. Not what you want. Bad for business. But she got it fixed, thankfully. <laughs> these big businesses can't scale with customer customer service. They're just bad at it. Mm-hmm. Bad at it. Other than LinkedIn, who's great. I feel bad for her. I do too. <laughs> but it's fixed now, so everything's good. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Checkbot. Checkbot is, in their own words, a powerful website auditor that can crawl hundreds of pages in minutes for SEO, speed, and security problems. It's a Chrome extension, but don't let that fool you guys. There's a lot to it. It checks things like broken links, URL structure, duplicate content, and a lot more, like a lot more. And it pops out a great little summary report too to help you easily spot areas for improvement. I played around with it. It's cool. It's You can click the little thing in Chrome when you're on a website and it'll automatically populate the URL for you so you don't even have to open the tool separately and it'll start running it, which is great. There's a free version out there, which is pretty robust. But if you want even more, they also offer a paid version with advanced reporting features and settings. So we'll have the link in the show notes. Go into Chrome and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article comes from QuickBooks and Intuit. And they polled 3,671 owners and customers on the tips and strategies that work in 2020. There's a lot of great information here. I like the fact that not everything comes from marketers. A lot of times you get information that's from people that are advertisers, that are doing the daily work. This is like people that might be buying your things or people that you might be serving if you're at an agency. There's a ton of information here. We're running long, so go check it out. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Aaron, for creating that. Aaron ordering off over on Intuit QuickBooks. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to Ahrefs and Optio, our fantastic sponsors. Go check them out. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. This week, Brent Satoris is on, interviewed by yours truly. And Brent, I mean, he's the easiest interview on the planet. His life is <laughs> nothing short of phenomenal. He's like the real most interesting man in the world. Yeah, it could be a movie. It's from raves to the Air Force to- Meteorologist for the military. Medi- yeah, meteorologist. I mean, I'm telling you, there's everything in there. But he also talks about a lot of tangible things, how he and the team helped to grow Search Engine Journal to where it is today, how he kind of got onto the speaking scene, what he did, how he was zigging or zagging while everybody was zigging, I guess. <laughs> and I asked him a very important question about if he can really cook a bird. And if you want more information on that, you got to check it out over on the Search Engine Journal show. It is now officially not Marketing Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingonclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, we're going to play a game called Do You Have a Boss? Oh. And it stems from my my boy that I have. I have twins. My boy one day said that he has a boss that tells him what to do in his head. <laughs> and oh. in the morning, it doesn't really wake up. It sounded really creepy at first, but he just says like whether or not he should actually do something. So it's kind of like his internal, like his conscience and just internal monologue. Is your son the kid from The Shining? No. he's he, We were here like, this is weird. And then now it's a whole joke. He's like, my boss on vacation. <laughs> well, it sounds it's like Jiminy Cricket, right? Always let your conscience be your guide. I, it, Maybe. Here's a question. So my wife sent me an article, which you can put in the show notes, and it was stemmed from a tweet 
from Kyle Plant Emoji on Twitter. And he said, fun fact, some people have an internal narrative and some people don't. As in, some people's thoughts are like sentences they hear. And some people just have abstract nonverbal thoughts and have to consciously verbalize them. And most people aren't aware of the other type of person. And so my wife was one type of person and I am the opposite. So I want to know, do you have that internal monologue going on in your head, Shep? Can I make a guess? I bet that women are the incomplete sentences and men are the complete because women are multitasking. Wow. Shots fired at all you men. I'm incomplete sentences. I'm complete sentences. Oh, really? Yeah. So you have a boss. I guess I have a boss. Yeah. Somebody's like reading to me in my head. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a weird way to think about it? Yeah. I never thought of it before, but yeah. But some people don't think. So I asked my wife what she was, if she had an internal monologue or not. She said, I do not have an internal monologue. So I said, how do you know what's going to come out of your mouth? Do you just open your mouth and you just start talking? Is that what happens to people? Like you don't think about what you're going to say? You just open yeah, your mouth and just start talking? Not to me. the chagrin of our listeners, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think of everything. I think, oh, should I say this? I have full on convers- like I have a full thought in my head. Absolutely. Or like which bathroom to use we were talking about earlier. I think through like the pros and cons but as I'm walking to yes. which and way I'm going to go. And you think like you're talking. Totally. You're not just like, I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. Shots fired at Shep. Huh? Sorry, Shep. Shep, you go in the bathroom. <laughs> so, Shep, you don't have a boss. I have a boss, and Jess has a boss. I have a boss, yeah. Isn't that a weird way to think about it? That Your is boss? weird, but I want to learn more about these people that don't have a boss. But that boss is eventually making the decisions for you in your head, and you're going with it. I'm my own boss. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see you next week.